Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're doing a pastor's perspective. What do we do when culture calls wrong right and right wrong? All right, welcome back, everyone. Yep, we're back, and we've got some back. fun topics to talk about today. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to hit all of the hot-button cultural yes. issues. Uh, we're doing the pastor's perspective, mm-hmm. and I called this the briefing light. Yeah. <laughs> because we are, uh, you know, you know, if, if you follow Dr. Albert Moeller's podcast, The Briefing, he hits hot-button issues every day. Right, yeah. <laughs> of course, he has a, a team of researchers to look into topics and yep. help him I've, curate things. But yeah. I've been to where he records. Right. Yeah. And I've seen uh, all, the stacks of books and notes and everything. We don't have that because no. we do our own research. Or newspapers highlighted all throughout. And, right. And, uh, you know, we, we have notes. I don't we think have he our even own, uses notes. <laughs> we did our own research on right, this. So right. <laughs> we'll see what happens on our briefing light episode here. <laughs> but the first thing we're going to talk about. So, so this is an interesting topic. Um, you know, culture, you know, says that, you know, the, the Christian Christian belief and culture clash often mm-hmm. because what culture says is right, we would say is wrong. Right. And what they say is wrong, we would say is right. And so they get it backwards. And we're going to talk about some of the examples. But before we jump into that, let's talk about truth, for instance, mm-hmm. for, for a minute, because that's really what we're getting at. Right. Right. Truth. Sounds like an easy concept, right? <laughs> well, yes, you would think, but nowadays that's you know the the everything, every definition is being questioned. Right. There, there is nothing that that is what it was anymore. Well, is there truth. such thing as right and wrong? Well, that's the question. Is there such thing as objective truth? Right. Right. And so it, the question is, if in some ways we would say yes, right? right? Because, for instance. Uh, we know gravity is an objective truth. Right. We used to think things like the earth being round was an objective truth. That's that's exactly a great (laughs) example of people just questioning anything and everything, even though it is, it is objectively true. Right. Um, It doesn't matter if it's objectively true, if you don't want it to be Mm, right. Right. And that's, and that's a lot of what the issue is, is, is there is this objective reality. There are subjective things that come, you know, perspectives that come to play on these things. But at the end of the day, there is, there is still this objective when, when you know all things like God, for example, when you know all things, then what the things that you know are the truth because you know everything there is to know from all the possible angles, you have the objective understanding of reality. Right. And so we appeal to God mm -hmm. to know those things because we're just people. Yeah. What does culture believe about truth? You know, I mean, that's, you know, we, we have more information at our fingertips than we've ever had in our, in the, in the history of the world. world. Yeah. Ever. And we still are struggling to discover truth. Well, and I think it's because we, you know, we want to play that role of God and saying, saying, I know what is right and wrong. Right. That's what it is, you know, and that's the, that was the, the, the fall of man, you know, just choosing for yourself what is right and wrong instead of listening to the one who really knows. Yeah. And that's what culture does. And that's what we as, as sinners do. We, we want to choose what's right and wrong instead of listening to the one who actually yeah, knows. Truth is a very personal concept nowadays in the culture. And that differentiates from Christianity because Christianity believes truth comes from God, that's right. from God's word specifically for, yeah. for Orthodox conservative believers. Right. right. Yeah. The reason that they conflict is because you have a objective source of truth in God's word. And then you have a very subjective uh, definition of truth in the culture. Yeah. And so one can't be right. And one, one has to be wrong. Right. And so that there's a clashing or a, con, a, a constant conflict between these types of things. I, I think it's interesting. You started, uh, you in, introduced me to a new term that I'll, Ooh. that we'll get to in a second, but, but it, you know, as you look at history, there's this idea of modernism where mm-hmm. you have like science and we can know what's true as long as we just pursue, you know, n- knowing and studying and things like yeah, that. Yeah. If, but then there was postmodernism, right? right that yeah, basically if, just questioned it if all. If people don't know, there's cultural philosophies that sort of mark the 
uh, periods of time, you know, and, yes. and you just alluded to modernism, which was, um, you know, a, a little bit before, right, a little bit before the turn of the century from the 1800s mm -hmm. to the 1900s. But it was that belief that we can conquer anything yeah. if it, we have the science and the knowledge and we learn and we persevere. And to some extent, that is true because... Right. You look at the Industrial Revolution. I mean, look at the skyscrapers that they built mm -hmm. during that time with limited technology. Look at, I mean, look at the space travel we were able to accomplish. Even, even it's funny, even the Bible, when you look at like the Tower of Babel, I mean, God right. even says like, I'm going to confuse their language because um, if, if I don't show them that I'm God, then they're going to think that they're gods because right. they'll be able to do anything they want. Right. Because we're made in his image. But so. then people started to get disillusioned, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. We had this view. <laughs> where, we couldn't actually do it. Right. And then, well, th there's limits. We find out that there's actually limits right. and that not every science does not provide every answer or satisfaction in life. Yeah. Well, and all I think all the warfare that was brought on right. by, by a lot of the science even. And so we, so know. when I was in college, postmodernism was a big thing. Yeah. You know, and, and we talked about how we, we really truly can't know anything uh you know truth is relative this is where this idea that your truth is valid and my truth is valid and the conflict comes when those truths uh, but heads, yeah. heads yeah and but now we've moved past uh this postmodern view and there's a culture of philosophy called metamodernism that i've learned about this is this is crazy guys this is crazy buckle well, in and it encompasses really modernism and postmodernism and metamodernism allows all the contradictions to exist within this philosophy. So in essence, um, when it comes to truth, something can either be true and not believed, or you can know something is not true and yet still believe it. Right. So you, you know that for instance, like, you know, that you cannot fly, but because you believe in your heart that you can, even though you never actually do fly, you, your truth is that you can fly. Yeah. And this makes so <laughs> much sense because if we look at our, our culture, we scratch our heads a lot with the inconsistencies and mm -hmm. the way people believe and act. You know, this is, this, this, uh, cultural philosophy has been brought on because of the because of the technology revolution the, the internet revolution that's happened you know 100 years ago we had the industrial revolution now we're in the technology revolution and it's been made available because of all of the information on yeah. the internet and the connectedness we experience through social media so now we find ourselves in a different sort of way of thinking about truth for instance we we can know science is real modernism mm -hmm. we can see it we can study an unprecedented amount of information but we can also remain skeptical postmodernism mm -hmm. because the flow of information it can be controlled yeah or we can become skeptical of who's giving us this information you know uh, this this might be a little bit of a side note but I, I personally really think that the the reason why this all is happening is because we as people, have an incredibly difficult time with disagreeing in an agreeable fashion like th there's all this information coming at us and because we're not capable as as people and as cultures of saying hey i disagree with you but i'm not going to hate you for that mm -hmm. because we're not able to do that especially in, in a well, fallen world right, i would say right. christians should be able to do that we we are the ones who are who should love our enemies right but because we can't do that, we, the world has to come up with ways of of being able to interact with somebody that doesn't believe what they believe. Right. Well, there's zero trust, and everybody is a skeptic on everything now, and yeah. and everything's every everybody's an expert on everything, and everybody's a skeptic <laughs> on everything, and yes. so this is this is part of why we're in this this age because somebody posts something online, it could be well researched, it could have all the truth in there and then somebody over on reddit is going to explain why that is false right and then you get these these skeptic beliefs butting heads mm -hmm. and so all of these truths sort of exist together and if you if you examine your own life you'll even see inconsistencies yep. in your own life in your belief in your actions yep and uh you know, what one example is, you know, with social media, we can share our opinion, our life, our thoughts and feelings, but then also 
people are crafting their online presence to convey a sense of what they think is true or what they want to be true. Yes. Yes. You know, and mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily that um, it's not necessarily one thing is right and one thing is wrong in culture. It's that all of these things can be right and wrong simultaneously. And so can you see why truth is even harder to define than ever before? Yes. And what is a Christian to do? <laughs> that is the question, right? You know, I mean, <laughs> if we know there is truth, yeah, that God's word is truth, you know, the, the, the Bible is our truth, then what how, what do we do? How do we process this? Well, you know, I, I think that as the people of God, we're called to be ambassadors of of the truth, right? Of the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ, we're His ambassadors, and that's why Christianity is so hard because we're we're not called to go with the flow. We're called to to follow the way of Jesus Christ and to trust in Him as our salvation. And so, like, really, some of this means just not uh kowtowing to whatever the world says some of it is just is just not letting them change your mind yeah um only you know letting scripture renew your mind not letting the world change your mind yeah it, i think it, that's important right i think it's you know we've got to stand on truth and we've got to be okay with being called wrong yeah okay you with know? being called wrong and okay with growing and recognizing right. like if somebody brings something to you instead of interacting so much with what they say you take what they say you bring it to scripture and you say god well, what do you say well i think that's and let got, that transform that's you. part of the 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 trouble with Christianity is we've got to find ways to, um, you know, we, we've got to find ways to really encourage people to the truth of the word. You know, I read this, right. I read this article about Christians and, and metamodernism. And part of the problem is Christianity is I can say, yes, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, but also I, I, I know that there is no way to know God. It's kind of like the yeah. Christian and the agnostic yes. live together, or there there's even like a Christian uh, Buddhism type of view right. that should be in conflict, but they're joined together and married. And so well, and we've got to say to Christians, our source of truth is God's word. So we've got to always go back to that. That That's really just an old thing called syncretism, or honestly, it's just blending Christianity and idolatry. Right. I mean, the people of God have always dealt with that. Yes. Look at the Old Testament. You know, they worship God, but also they worship Baal a little bit. And God's like, that's not right. what it means to be my people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just have to recognize this is actually something that is old. And it just has a new face to it. Right. That's really what's going on. Well, let's look at some examples of what our culture would say is <laughs> right or wrong, and how Christianity would would say it's right or wrong. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm just gonna. I'm a little nervous. Well, to I do picked this. some doozies. I'm a little I? nervous, Brian. <laughs> I'm I a little picked nervous. some doozies. Uh, okay, so you go ahead. Buckle start us up. Off. <laughs> our first one. Our first example is modesty. <laughs> and this comes in the form of a tweet. There was a pastor, Brian, is it Sa- Sav? Save? Suave. Suave. Brian Suave. Uh, he <laughs> tweeted on February 7th uh, a controversial tweet. In fact, Beth Moore even replied to this tweet. Mm. So you know you've really ticked some people off. Yeah. Beth Moore replies yeah. <laughs> to your tweet. He says, there is no reason whatsoever for you to post pictures of yourself in low-cut shirts, bikinis, bras, underwear, anything slower ever. He says, not to show your weight loss journey, not to show your newborn baby, not to document your birth story. And then he says, your brothers, as if we're all. Yeah. So first of yeah. all, he, he, if you go back, there is, there is visceral hatred for this man and his tweet. Right. People, right. oh my gosh, they are commenting on, it, it's it's just ridiculous how mm. how angry people are getting right and they're saying that he is controlling he's perverted he's misogynistic now i will say that it was probably not the wisest thing Tw- yes. twitter is not a great format for putting out statements and just like saying hey this is what i think right in those 140 characters or whatever because there's not enough room to explain what you actually mean and what you're actually saying. And then people just either jump on in agreement or they jump on in, and it just, it spirals out of control very quickly. It just makes it so easy for things to be on the extremes. Right. And we don't like the Bible doesn't operate in uh, the Bible usually calls us to a more, 
I don't, it's not balanced in that you allow sinful things. It's just, just more gentle. It's more gentle. Yeah. It's more yeah. gentle. It, it is, it does deal in extremes, but in a, such a way that it is, it is brought to bear with gentleness and with truth, right. not with just like, bam, you know, hit right. you in the face. And, um, and that's what well, social there, media allows you to do. Right. Well, there was another guy aggressive. who, this was something that went around on Facebook and he was a youth pastor that was apologizing. Right. Do you remember this? Yes. Oh, yeah. He was apologizing to females in the youth group because they had to wear a one piece or wear a t-shirt mm -hmm. or something that he somehow. So it's kind of like the up, uh, other side of this, of this. He somehow had embarrassed topic. them by asking them to wear uh, a modest swim, bathing suit. Right. You know? Right. And the, most people in this, in both of these scenarios are calling out the men saying that men are perverted, not being able to be around a woman that is free with her body. Right. Okay. Right. The Bible would say that modesty is important view for, for all people, right. but especially for women. Uh, but, but culture tells us this is not a problem that people should be able to address however they want and not be objectified. That's right. And, and this is the thing. So we like, have a clear conflict here, yes, right? Yes. The conflict, like where, so again, the, the uh, topic of the episode, <laughs> when the culture calls things, right things wrong and wrong things right. And that's what they're doing. They're saying, they're saying the culture says modesty is, is, is not good. Like you should not have to be modest. You should be whatever you want, however you want, whenever you want, whatever you want, period. Right. The Bible, and, and here's where we have to make a clear distinction. The Bible talks about modesty, and I think there is a problem here with some of these, like, tweets and, and things, because in some sense there is this, like, this call to say, hey, you need to do this for me. Yeah. But that's not, we, we don't want to be heard saying that. What right. we want to be heard saying is, Look at what God says and let all of us, you know, I'm a man, so I need to look at what God says to me as a man. Mm -hmm. and, and and as a brother in Christ, I would ask my sisters to look at what God says for them right. as women. Well, Not for my sake, but for their sake right. and, and their love for God. Well, you're, you're getting at the, 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 the problem here. Here's right. the major problem. There's two issues, and they're often conflated, yes. and, they, and they don't need to be. They are interconnected, but they're separate issues right okay when modesty is spotlighted people strike back and accuse the men of being perverts and not able to control themselves right okay so let's deal with these issues separately first of all the issue of lust and holiness is connected but it's a separate issue mm -hmm. the bible is very clear that a man should not lust after a woman right okay that, 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 that there is no way to argue that opponents of modesty are correct in that a man's lust is not the woman's fault. That's right. Abs absolutely. And so we need to make that clear. Men should always seek holiness in what we look at and what we think about. And just because there is a woman that's dressed scantily clad, that is not an excuse for me to fall into the sin of lust. That's right. Because like looking throughout history, I mean, like <laughs> I, I, there are stories of, 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 uh, women dressed, you know, head to toe, and and a man would see the the lady's ankle, mm. and 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 you know, and then lust. That's immodest, and and yeah. and it's like so mm -hmm. so. Let's separate these things, like mm -hmm. you said, and let's you know. So, what does the Bible say to men regarding lust? Mm -hmm. Let's deal with that. Okay, good. So that's sinful, and it's our fault. Right. You know, that's on that's on the individual. Which right. you know, women lust. Well, too, this so, is where we, we but, want. We always want to blame shift onto other people. Like right. my sin, I sinned because you did this. Yes, and I'm going to blame you for my sin. Right, and yeah. that's not right. It, Matthew five twenty eight says, "But if I, but if I, I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in her, in her heart." That's Jesus with right. the Sermon on the Mount. There, First uh, John. 216 for all that is in the world the desire of the flesh the desire of the eyes and pride in possessions is not from the father but from the world right right and john 30 or i'm sorry job 31 1 says i have made a covenant with my eyes how then could i gaze at a virgin proverbs 6 25 do not desire her beauty in your heart and do not let her capture you with your eye with her eyelashes. Yeah, I I love that verse. Well, it's so practical. It's like, hey, I get it. Look She's at, pretty. Look at that lady's eyelashes. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> she's pretty. No, Don't but I think that, the application yeah. is is we can't um, even though there's a, a beautiful woman, we can't we can't fall yeah, into the sin. That's not her of, fault. Of lust, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Just because you know, we can't excuse the fact. And so, so, so we've got to deal with the issue that that men yes. we are called to holiness, and right. we've got to find a way to push forward. Our culture is over sexualized, mm-hmm. uh, 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 overly immoral. Uh, not modest at all uh that there that there's more temptation with yeah. with lust and pornography and That's, all these that, things so so here's the thing christian men have to learn to overcome these things and not blame someone else for for my sin issues it's such a inconsistency and this goes back to that uh meta modernism it's like and on one side the culture thinks men are pigs and you know and lust all the time also pornography is okay right like you know like what those yeah. you no no they're both wrong okay right. you know like lust in your heart and and pornography it's all sinful right okay? now all that being said this does not excuse the fact that women are called to a standard of modesty now i understand culturally people will not understand this the same right. way that that non-christian men will not understand the fact that we need to watch right. what we think about and what we look at non-christian women will not understand the call to modesty so I think it's important to call on Christians to be bound by the word. That's the key. And so yes. So Christian women need to be bound by this this godly thinking of modesty. Right. We're not talking about this because we're two dudes who just want women to be modest. Like if the Bible didn't say anything about this, right. then I literally wouldn't care. But the Bible says a lot about it and and I care about what God thinks. Um not for my own sake, right. but for all of our sakes. So some examples of what the Bible says. There's two examples that are very, really parallel. Peter said something and Paul said something where Paul says something in First Timothy 2, women should not adorn themselves in respect should uh, should adorn themselves in respectable attire with modesty and self-control. Now these are some cultural things. What not, you're about to say, yeah. Not with braided things. hair and gold and pearls or costly attire with the prop what is proper for women who profess godliness with good work. So some of that's a cultural thing. And I would say, however, whatever dress mm-hmm. that, that is modest and godly in that in that season, in that cultural uh, time. That's that's why it is it is kind of a complicated thing because right. there are cultural things that take take precedent mm-hmm. here, and uh, you know C.S. Lewis talks a lot about this, and there's different people who write about these things. But but the point is not here are the exact ways in which you are modest. The point is God calls us to modesty. Right. Yeah. First Peter three says something similar. Uh, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is god's which in god's sight is very precious so once again the 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 christian woman is saying how can i honor god with who i am my character not necessarily the out the outward outward. because if all only i care about is my outward appearance and i don't care about the inside then i'm like a pharisee i'm like a whitewashed tomb and i think it's interesting most of the time like these principles are easily applied to men as well i think that though when we think about it on a man's perspective we usually talk about vanity oh yeah you know what i mean and so like for for a dude who's in the gym you know checking out his biceps like that guy might not be we would not necessarily call him immodest we would call him vain Mm -hmm. but the principles are really the same we're just we're just kind of applying them to different uh people right are you calling me out for checking out my biceps i love you bro but you know (laughs) (laughs) two two more verses here uh proverbs 31 30 charm is deceitful beauty is beauty is vain vain, yeah but a woman who fears the lord is to be praised once again it's priorities uh the last one i thought this is oh my god this was i actually had thought of it this is something that yeah i've i've thought about this verse a lot proverbs eleven twenty two. like a gold ring and a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion yeah it's true i mean that's just it speaks true for itself there mm-hmm. so both of these things can be true a a woman can dress in a modest way to honor the lord and a man must learn to control himself and pursue holiness with his thought life yes. right this is what is right according to the bible right i understand culture will view this differently but and, and i just don't think it helps to just make a little post on social media calling out women and all these right. types of things especially he mentioned like childbirth and birth story and all that yeah and and uh i think some of that needs to be up to the discretion of of the couple like my wife never wanted me to post anything from like 
the baby right. being right. born, you know, just because she just didn't, didn't want any of that. But, uh, some yeah. people want to share that and, and it's okay to share things, you know, as long as you're not, I mean, in my view, as long as you're not showing off. Yeah. And that's, that's immodest a, parts. a lot of it is this is the vanity behind it. I, I think that's kind of a part of what, and you see that in those verses, you know, right? like he's not saying don't wear braided hair because braiding your hair is intrinsically sinful. He's saying, don't do these things because what, what it is, is don't be vain in your appearance right like that's what it's all about well and i think i think what we have to try to do as as christians is we have to we have to focus in instead of instead of tweeting about it on on biblical teaching with our families and our church that's right we must teach our young men yeah what self-control is what what um having a pure thought life is mm-hmm. we must teach our women what it means to dress our wife, our daughter. They can dress in a fashionable way that honors the Lord. They don't have to wear a potato sack, right? right? I mean, that's just, yeah. I mean, you, you, I, this has nothing to do with fashion. This has to do with with attitude right. and and pursuing the Lord. Okay, yeah. and so I, I think we need to be honest that if a woman is honoring the Lord by her convictions that are rooted in God's word, so she is reading God's word, she's praying about. Mm-hmm. how her dress needs to be in her and she's following those convictions then it's not up to her to keep other men from lusting amen that's and right i think we have to make that clear that's right and so on the flip side you know if men are not pursuing holiness then the depraved mind of a man will find a woman in a potato sack attractive <laughs> that's a good line you wrote that yeah I'm giving you credit well and I, I just think that it doesn't matter like you said it doesn't matter what what the woman has on a man will find a way to lust if his if he's letting his mind be be depraved rather than being pursued rather than pursuing holiness that's right and so what we're not trying to do is 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 tell people exactly how they're supposed to live what we're trying to do is for our brothers and sisters in Christ, we're trying to say, look at what God has said and right. don't live, don't, you know, yeah, we want to live to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? But before that, we want to live to love God. Right. And, and that's what's the our most greatest calling thing. is to, to um, evangelize and make disciples. It's hard to do that for men when you're lusting after women. Yeah. And for women and for Christian women, it's hard to do that when you're showing off your body immodestly. When you're being vain in your appearance. That's right. Yeah. So, okay, let's move away from that topic to another awesome topic. Okay. Right (laughs) is wrong and wrong is right. Human rights and dignity of life. Now, what, what made me think of this, the example of this is because of the Olympics right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. I've not watched any of the Winter Olympics. I'm, I'm really kind of frustrated that they're being hosted in China. Yes, China has a terrible human rights history, yeah. especially recently. Right. Now I realize human rights violations have happened for everywhere. Years, yeah. years. There's you know slavery. You know all those type of things are are terrible, but, terrible human rights things. But we're talking like right like now, currently, currently going it, it would, on. It would be like if we were like, yeah, you know. Hitler is, you know, doing this to the Jews, but you know what? We're going to have the Olympics in in uh, uh, Berlin, right? Didn't that, that happen? No, uh, actually, did it? I, they had the. Olympics I think they had Berlin. the Olympics right before. Right before right all before. that. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. Wow, I didn't even mean to make that parallel. <laughs> so so they, for instance, one of the examples they are persecuting a group of people called the uh, Unger Unger people. I think they're the. I think it's. Uyghur, actually. Uyghur people. Yeah. Okay, they're an ethnic group in China, and they're mostly Muslims. And yeah. they they are putting them into. They're, they're first of all, they're killing them. They're putting them into labor camps. They're re. They're putting the kids through re-education Quote, camps. Re-education to take yeah. the to take their Muslim identity to convince them that Islam is is not right. And you know, they're just these are terrible. This is not the only time that they've done this, but they've done this. This is the most recent Very thing recently. that's happening. And you know, on top of that. China has also had one of the highest abortion rates forever. Mm-hmm. You know, they limited everybody to the one child. Here's what's interesting about that. They're loosening a lot of these things because their birth rate has been in steep decline. And they're actually limiting access to abortion to try to raise their their, population. their, their birth rate. That's right. If China has so many problems with dignity of life and human rights violations, why are we celebrating them by hosting the Olympics there? I, I don't know. Like, I really don't understand it. And that's where it comes down to the the culture it's, just being willing to say, well, because they have whatever. so much power in our, in our world right now. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem is we're more concerned about, 
about power and about you know not offending people right countries that that we could potentially go to war with or whatever right. than we are about truth. Well, and let's be clear here. We're not talking about Chinese people, right? Like mm. we're not, this is not what we're not doing is saying Chinese people, X, Y, Z. We're not saying that we're talking about the, Chi- the, we're the talking government, about the, the government of, of China at this current time. Right. Right. So that's, so that's a totally different distinction. I, I have Chinese friends who I love mm-hmm. deeply and I miss, I haven't been able to talk to in years. Well, I'm sure there them. are many people that so. I'm sure there are many, uh, uh, millions, I don't know how many people, there's like billions of people there that are that, not okay with this. Right. They're yeah. not okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, even what's going on in, in the city of Hong Kong the last couple of years with all the protests, them trying to retain their Hong Kong identity and China wanting to go in and impose communism on, right. on them as well. Right. So there, there's lots of things there. Anyway, the world calls this right. Uh, the Bible would say and view all of their actions on life as as wrong. And yeah. once again, I'm, I'm not picking on China necessarily. This goes for anyone, no matter if you live in China or somewhere else. Culture does not value life. Culture, that's, that's worldwide it, yeah. culture does not value. Life. Even in the U.S., we fight the battle to roll back access to abortion. We mm-hmm. fight to see hum, to have human life seen as good. This includes mentally challenged, handicapped, elderly. All, the list goes on. That's right. Human life has been created in God's image, whatever form it is. This is the essence of human dignity. Yeah, the culture sees human life as a number and as a production value. What do you bring to the table? Right. Whereas God sees human life as his image bearer. Like, those are two radically different understandings of what a person is. Right. And so I like the Christian idea of what a person is much better than the world's idea. What's so important that we have this, that we know what is right and what is wrong is because human lives are at stake, whether they're in the womb or they're an ethnic group of people. Listen, ethnic genocide happens all over the world just because one group of people doesn't like another group of people. This it's been going on in Africa. It's been going on in Asia. You know, it goes on all over the world and and it is terrible. Yeah. And we, I just, I think God's heart breaks when he sees his people killing other people for the sheer fact that they're different. They're different. And, you know, like we reference the Nazis and the Jews, but they're not the worst and they're not the most recent uh, incident of this sort of stuff happening. I mean, it's been happening since then all over the world. And it's people. Well, here's the thing. People terrible. matter to God. That's right. And they should matter to us. Yeah. People should matter to us. Listen, the world will try to lessen the importance of people, but God never does. That's right. In fact, the you know, it, it, it's so we, we try to make uh, everything else like people are 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 the problem. You know, we try mm. to say people are the problem, yeah. and and if, and if people weren't around, the world would be much better. Blah blah blah. The Bible has a view that that people are God's chief of creation, mm-hmm. and in fact, Jesus came and died for people to save people and God um, shows the greatest sacrifice the greatest love for people be through that through that act yeah and so if we ever question God's uh, you know love or or the significance of mankind we just look at the act of Jesus dying on the cross and we see how much God loves us that's that's really good yeah that's really good yeah there's a lot of of issues with that and the way that people view the importance of life and all of these other things. But there's also uh, this other talk. Are you ready to jump into this? Well, I was just going to ask to finish up this topic. Yes, yes. How, sh- how should we live this out? Are there any practical steps that we can take uh, when we think about dignity of life and human rights, things like that? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, honestly, you know, as a, as an American, I think one of the things we have been given is this power to vote you know that's i don't i I don't i don't like getting political and stuff like that but but i do think that if you have the ability to make choices then making the the most godly choice that you can is is the most important yeah and whether whether it's right or wrong because there's so many issues um to me the dignity of life issue is supreme yeah. over all other issues. And so I will vote for a candidate. I vote for the most life honoring candidate every time. And people yeah. would say, boy, that's so simple. That's, you know, that's so simplistic. But to be honest, to me, I cannot 
find anywhere. I I, I just can't that's, get over the fact that the Bible, yeah, uh, and God cares about life. Well, that's triage right there. I mean, like that's that if you had if you had three people come to you with medical problems, one had a broken toe, one had you know a gunshot wound to the arm, and the other person uh, you know had their leg cut off. You would have to decide who you're going to deal with the most based on whose life is threatened right. the most. And when we make these decisions, we need to think through which one is affecting life the most. Right. And so I think that's a good way to think about it. And so, so yeah, we've got to, we got to teach though. Right. Yeah. I think, I think we've got to make sure to teach and keep this at the forefront of our, of our minds. You know, I've got friends that are very active in uh fighting abortion and they're they're on the abolition movement Mm -hmm. and are making some headway i know like in texas there's been a lot that's happened there and i just think that um we've got to keep this in the forefront of our mind and keep keep talking about this and keep teaching about this i'll be honest like i'm i we've been we haven't like we have not dived very deeply into some of these things because because of they're they're a little controversial right. because they're deep and heavy and so it's easy to stay away from them but that's one of the reasons why we're even talking about right. it right now because well, and I hope I hope to. there's a lot of people not watching the Olympics because it's in China and right. I'm hoping that people will next time the Olympics comes around and it's in a country that uh, doesn't have these right, great right. human rights values that will watch it and right. will we'll participate and will show, show the world what? the world why mm-hmm. that that there are more there are things more important than the these games. Yes, you know. Yes, much more important. So okay, let's move on to the last, um, the last topic here. Yes, yes. Uh, another another thing is transgender athletes. This mm-hmm. is another thing the world calls right and and calls wrong. So I'm going to skip down here in the notes just for a minute, and you know. This is a big issue that has come to the forefront with men competing, primarily men, men, transgender men. So a man that's that's transitioning to a woman Mm -hmm. competing in women's sports. It doesn't really go the other way. Uh, But, you know, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, and the reason is we've talked about this. Men and women have a very different biological makeup. makeup. Yeah. You know. This makes men superior athletically, mm-hmm. generally now, speaking. Yeah, yada, generally speaking. Yeah, yes. I, I'm not. I'm not um, saying that that it's better. Right. I'm just saying, like genetically, the ability for a man to put on more muscle, to be stronger, to be faster. That's just that's biology. Speaking, that's, that's right. biology. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And so when you have you see these transgender athletes that are smashing these these records mm-hmm. i mean they're they're in high school and college you know tr- in in track and field in swimming i mean they're just smashing these women's records right and i'm just really concerned that the accomplishments of these women who make these sacrifices to train and be involved in these sports i mean just their accomplishments are minimized for the fact just to be inclusive of everyone. That's right. And here's, here's another, this is another perfect example of that, of that uh, meta modernism we were talking about where you can believe two totally different things at the same time. The world says women are super important and can do anything. And they're they're you know, so there's this heightened feminism. Also, we're going to let men dominate them in sports yeah women's like, rights women's rights like has been so important really for so up. long and yeah. women have fought to have ev- all equal rights on many grounds and now all of a sudden it's like that doesn't matter, matter anymore because these transgender men can come in and because they say they're a woman they can Do go in and destroy want. your 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 athletic accomplishments right and i just have a problem with that now when we talk about transgenderism I want to speak, you know, the Bible says to speak truth in love and to correct with gentleness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to speak in a way that, um, is the right way to handle this with love and respect for individuals. Yeah. Okay. Christians should never go around saying God hates this person yeah, or hates no. that person. We need to stand on truth and we need to help people see what is right. Okay. The Bible would say, transgenderism is wrong right okay first of all god created us with intention and purpose god did not make us accidentally one way or the other way right okay jeremiah 1 5 god says to jeremiah before i formed you in the womb i knew you 
Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you the prophet of the nations. God knew very specifically who Jeremiah was Mm -hmm. going to be, what he was going to do, and how he was going to fulfill God's mission for him. That's right. So there is intention, there is purpose in that creation. So God didn't accidentally make Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah say, well, God you know accidentally oh, hey, uh, yeah, you made me a man yeah. and he should have been a woman. Right, right, you right. Know? Well, and then in Genesis one twenty seven, this is the foundation for all of of mankind. You know, God created man. He invented mankind and he didn't just make them you know to be whatever they wanted to be he made them to be who he designed them to be and for instance it says that he created him male and female he created them in the image of god he created them right Right. so it's this male and female those two spec not spectrums those two um distinct identities Mm -hmm are both mankind right. made in the image well, of God. Well, we don't just see this purpose. in human, we see this in animal culture as well. Right. There's a male and a female. You know, I learned I just learned this a couple years ago. There's male and female trees. I don't know if you know right. that or not. I, <laughs> I didn't know that I, until I, a couple I years did ago. did know that. <laughs> but yep. God did this on purpose. There are genders for a reason. And, you know, he made dif- the different role, the different genders uh, of men and women. In fact, the Bible even says that we're not to dress as the opposite gender. Right. In Deuteronomy 22, 5, a woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Right. I mean, I think I think he's driving at the point of, and, you know, we can get really legalistic here. Of but, course. But yeah. I think we're driving at the point that God created us in a certain way. And we're basically thumbing our nose at God saying, you're wrong, God, you have made a mistake. Well, God doesn't make mistakes. Right. So the problem is if, if there's a problem with God's word or with God, then we've got to reexamine our life because that's not really where the problem is. The problem is with us. That's right. And so it's clear from a biblical perspective that transgenderism is wrong, but why does culture say that it's right? All comes down to me wanting to be the arbiter of my own truth. I want to be God of my life, and I want to make myself in whatever image I want. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be in control of literally any and every aspect of my life. And the problem with that is that that, that is just objectively impossible. You know, I, I use the example of flying. I, I I will not be surprised when on the news somebody perishes because they believed they could fly without mm-hmm. the use of mechanical, you know, uh, help. Mm-hmm. Because people are becoming so, so uh, fixated on being the gods of their own lives right. that they don't, they will not. They, it's just, it, it's just a further rejection of God being God. That's, right. that's what it all comes down to. Yeah. So how do we react? You know, once again, this is a cultural thing. And I guess if a person wants to be the opposite gender, you know, I think it's wrong, especially from a biblical standard, but I mean, mm-hmm. they can do that. But by the cultural standards, right. by what's going on, somebody can say, I'm, I was a man. Now I'm a woman. Right. Now, if somebody claims to be a Christian and transgender, then I think that's a totally different conversation. Yes. I mean, yes there's yes, a lot, there's course. a lot different that happens. Because you're there. saying, you're saying, I believe this, but also live this way. That's, that's yeah. We would I, and I'm not approving. I want to be clear. I'm not approving of transgenderism. No. I'm just saying that I don't know there's much I can do about it other than speak truth from the Bible. Right. And people are going to do what they're going to do. Right. And it's hard. That can be complicated because, you know, in one sense, you don't want to um, enable somebody right. by by saying you can do whatever you want. However, we're also not going to mistreat people because right. of their sin. Exactly. And I think this is important. I mean, I, I had last night, I had a conversation with a student, a middle school student who is wrestling with these things. Like, how do I, how do I love somebody who... I just cannot understand why they they are LGBTQ. I cannot understand that. And I help this student understand, you know, in God's eyes, all sin is is 
you know, perverse. Okay. And so I don't want somebody mistreating me because of my sin. Jesus thankfully does not mistreat me because of my sin. And in fact, he, he rescues me from it. And so while I can clearly say, yes, that is sin and perverse, but without Christ, so go I, you know, that that's me too. And I'm not going to mistreat you just because you're transgender. I love you. I'm just going to tell you, I love you, but I think you're wrong. And here's what healthy life really looks like. Right. Yeah. And and I want to, I want to sympathize with someone if they are struggling with their identity, you know, what, what can we do? What can we say? You know, let's think about this as parents. Let's think about this as Christians in our church, as pastors. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we help people to stand on the truth of God's word and um, live in this culture that would say what is what we believe is right is wrong? Right. I, I think, first of all, it comes down to, again, having Christ as your core. You, you know, we, we do not need the acceptance of the world we we only want the acceptance of of christ which is freely given to us by god's grace through faith and so that's what we want and then if that's what we're being driven by then what we can do is is not be ashamed of what jesus says right and what we can do is do active active acts of kindness towards people Mm -hmm. who are different than us we can go out of our way to to get a coffee for somebody at work who is Mm -hmm. different from us right we can we can go out of our way to um include people um in things that uh you know if even when they're different from us we we invite people who who we invite them to church we invite them. Yeah, I we think say, I think the, be with us. the relational aspect is going to be huge to try to get to know people, and that's one way we can be inclusive. Is right. once again, we're not changing our identity, we're not changing the truth that we stand on. That's right. But we are inclusive in the fact that we're trying to seek to understand and 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 let them know what the truth is. And then here's the thing, you know, what's going to happen is you're either going to have somebody who who sees that and receives it and goes, "Wow." here's this Christian who actually cares about me, but also doesn't agree with me. Or they're going to hear you and they're going to say, you know what? I don't care because you don't agree with me. Therefore Mm -hmm. you hate me. And you know what? That's on them. Right. That's not on us. Mm -hmm. I'm not making them not be my friend. That's, that's their choice. Mm -hmm. And we have to let people be okay with it. You can't force people to to like us back. Mm -hmm. So we, we show love to them and the rest is up to them. Yeah. This is increasingly going to become more and more a part of our culture. And so Christians need to think about this. Parents Parents have to think about this. We cannot let hatred be our, our banner when it comes to this. We have to let, we have to let the gospel and the, the love and the mercy, because ultimately, um, you know, sin, sin is sin yes. in, in a sense. Now I understand that's a loaded, that's a loaded statement, <laughs> right, right. but you know, we've got to treat all sin in the same way. And in, in the, in the sense of the answer for that is the gospel. That's right. Yeah. All sin deserves eternal punishment. All sin can be, can be uh, removed through the gospel. Right. And so I think that's got to be our, we got to stand on the truth of the gospel, continue to share, continue to love, just like we would anybody, anyone that, you know, we're walking down and we've got a friend who is an adulterer or we've got a friend who's an alcoholic, you know, or we, you know, whatever, we've got to love them and share the gospel with them. Right. Because at the end of the day, we either believe the Bible or we don't, Right, you know, we, we either believe that God changes people or we don't believe it. Now, now our kids are going to be pressured to change the way that they think. Right. And they're going to be, they're going to try to be convinced uh, in, in Christians today, even in churches are trying to, their people are trying to convince them to accept what the Bible the calls wrong as right. Right. How do we answer that? Man, that's, that is hard. And here I was, I was having a conversation with a parent last night for parents. We need to be ahead of their friends. We need to be ahead of their friends. When it comes to conversations about sexuality, you need to have those conversations before they do with their friends and parents listen. They are having those conversations at extremely young ages. And I know that's awkward and uncomfortable. I, I really do understand that. But my goal as a parent is to be ahead of my fr- of my kids' mm-hmm. friends and yeah. the conversations that they are having. Because I know that they, they're kids. They don't know what they're talking about. And if you're like, if you're triggered by that, you know what? I, I'm sorry, but it's true. They don't know what they're talking about. And so they're just going to make up stuff as they go. I remember some of the things my friends told me. It was, I can't talk about it on the air, but it was like insane. 
and we have to be ahead of our children's friends, mm -hmm. ahead of the culture. And it's happening at a younger and younger and younger age. So we've got to have those conversations about sexuality. We've got to talk about LGBTQ. If your kids are in middle school and don't know what LGBTQ is, you need to have that conversation mm. now. Mm. You cannot wait. You can't wait till tomorrow. You need to have it today. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. I know that's pretty intense, but it is vital. Well, maybe we can talk more about that on another episode to kind of help parents talk through that or dialogue through that. And we're always yes, available. because it's hard. Right. It's hard, and I understand all of we're that. We're always available so, to help. Yes. But we're just bringing this up because the world says that, that this is right. right. And, and again, we don't want to discriminate. Uh, you know, we're not here to uh, punish people. You know, we're not here to to, to we hate people. We don't want our kids to hate. But people. here's the thing: we have to call right, right, and wrong, wrong. Amen. We have to do it with grace and compassion. But listen, if we want, if people want our help, if they want help, yes, we offer them help with their identity, with through through the gospel. If they want to be left alone, then we're going to honor that request. And you know and what? Pray for them. And pray for them. That's right. You know, but at at the end of the day. Let's wrap this episode up here. At the end of the day, truth matters. Mm -hmm. Truth matters, especially for the Christian. The Bible is our source of truth. Mm -hmm. And in a world that is okay with conflict and paradoxes, we need to be clear on what we believe. You know, this article I read about Christians and about the meta-modernism and all these things said eventually this, this philosophy will fall. Yeah. I mean, event, I mean, these, these, these cultural philosophies kind of come and go, right? Yeah. They're fads almost at the end of the day though, what will be left? What will be the foundation that's there? And if, and if Christians, if we continue to stand on the truth of the gospel and we don't waver and we don't mm -hmm. change our beliefs and we don't kowtow to culture, and we say, this is what I believe Yeah. now and forever. I right. believe in Jesus, the eternal one. And if, if we stand on that truth, when this cultural philosophy falls apart, mm -hmm. then we can be there standing and saying, listen, we, um, th there's an ideology here that means something That's right. that is eternal. And you can believe it and trust it and know it because it is truth. Because it is real. That's right. It's objectively true. It's object objective reality is not going away. So for the Christian, <laughs> even though it's hard sometimes, we've got to stand on the truth. Amen. We can't. We cannot go back and forth based on culture. We can't just. You know, we have to be so grounded in sound doctrine, like Paul says, that we're not right. tossed back and forth. That's right. By the waves of culture. Amen. Yeah, and that's that's good. And so, you know, listeners, we hope that this has been helpful. And uh, you know, if you have if you have any other uh, thoughts or ideas uh, about these things, you know, feel free to to write us or comment or you know email us. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Any feedback? Uh, F4L at okilbc.org. Comment, private messages, whatever, right. because we want to know what are the things that that culturally you're struggling with, that your family's struggling with. What what do you see out there that people are calling wrong, and, wrong yeah. right and right wrong yeah that's good so all right well everyone thank you so much for joining us thanks for listening and we'll, we'll see, see you, you next time, time.